0: Hello and welcome to Kinship Connects, a podcast from SDA Kinship, sharing our stories and our journeys. My name is Floyd Poynitz, and today it's my privilege to speak with Yolanda Elliott. Thanks for joining us, Yolanda.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Hey, this is exciting. Kinship is starting a new venture with podcasts and interviews, telling the stories of some of our members. So I thought it would be only appropriate uh, to interview you as our first, uh, first guest here. So I'm privileged. (laughs) uh, We love having the spotlight on you. So uh, tell us a little bit about where you live and what you do currently, that kind of thing.
1: I live in Clarksville, Maryland, on the wonderful east coast of the United States. Um, And currently, I am an assisted living provider. And when I say currently, I would say since 1985. So I've been around a while. Yeah. Um, So in my home, I have up to five residents and they eat, sleep and live here. And um, we try to take the best care we can of them.
0: Wow. That sounds like it keeps you busy. Do you have time to eat, sleep and take care of yourself?
1: Not a whole lot. (laughs) I'm managing. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Well, great. Great. Did you grow up in in that same area as well? Or tell us a little bit about your growing up.
1: Okay. Um, I was born in Virginia, Fredericksburg, Virginia. But when I was two, my parents moved in this area. And in fact, they moved to Clarksville, which is where I live now. Um, But I lived over near the uh, Chesapeake Conference office before the conference office was there on Route 29 and 32. So I grew up, uh, you know, near Columbia, Maryland. Uh, and I've, uh, besides going to school up at Highland View Academy in Hagerstown, near Hagerstown, um, I've been in this area uh, all my life. Cool, cool. So
0: it sounds like you have an Adventist background.
1: Very much so.
0: <laughs> yeah, a few generations?
1: Uh, yes. Yes, yeah. both, both sides of the family. Okay,
0: right. okay, awesome, awesome. And your schooling was Adventist as well?
1: Right, I went to Athelton uh, Elementary, which is Adventist, Highland View Academy, and Columbia Union College. I know, Washington Adventist University, but <laughs> anyway.
0: <laughs> you changed names along the way, huh?
1: It did, it yeah, did. Yeah,
0: yeah. So I'm assuming that somewhere along the line, you figured out that your attractions were different than a lot of other kids or people along the way.
1: Yes, Is that that a good
0: assumption or a bad assumption on my part?
1: uh, That's an accurate assumption. Okay. So um, I actually realized it when I was in elementary school. I was kind of a tomboy, but then I grew up with four brothers and one sister. So my sister and I had to hold our own amongst the tribe of guys in the house. Um, so being a tomboy, I hung out more with the guys in elementary school, but I sort of started having crushes on girls. So it's like, Hmm, that's odd. But then back then I call them my best friends, you know, um, then when I went to academy, uh, I dated, um, you know, several guys and I really enjoyed it, but, um, you know, when you start thinking down the line, what happens when I, if I marry one of these guys, then what am I? What am I gonna do? <laughs> so, um, in college, I dated a little bit, um, nothing terribly serious, and uh, uh, I guess I had a, a roommate I was kind of attracted to, and, uh, but. You know, you keep thinking, no, I can't be gay because I'm Adventist, right? Right. Uh, In fact, one therapist said to me, do you think you're gay? No, I can't be gay. I'm Adventist, you know, Mm. live and learn. So Mm. I really came to accept myself when I was like 32 um, and decided to come out then because I Uh, started dating this young woman. And um, that was tumultuous, talking to your parents about that. Actually, I let my sister do it. My sister came out for me. Uh (laughs) I'm kind of glad because I think my parents were not thrilled and um, they let that be known. So getting that secondhand, I think, was a blessing. But over the years, I've just acted like my family loved me anyway. And they really have, um, even if they didn't really accept who I was. But as years have gone by, they've, they've done um, a bit of a turnaround and they're a lot more open and accepting of who I am and my partner, Keisha good so they yeah. love her
0: yeah so so they've they've been on a journey as well they have and uh so they're they're accepting and understanding and so you're currently in a in a relationship with someone
1: mm-hmm. uh, uh. so Keisha came to the um Washington area on an internship because she was at the um Texas Tech University in Lubbock Texas and um She contacted me as the region coordinator um, to see if anything was going on. And we just so happened to have been having a Vespers at a Presbyterian church in Laurel, Maryland. So I got a couple of other members uh, in our area to go by the Metro and pick her up and bring her out. And when she walked through the door, I was like, yeah. I, I just, there was an attraction, but, um, you know, I was the leader, she was new, um, she was in the area for about five months, and then she went back to Lubbock to finish her, um, PhD,
0: mm.
1: and, uh, over time, we just started corresponding with, with each other, her from there, me from here, and realized we both had a, a you know, an attraction to the other, and we started dating, and you know, the rest is history.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. sounds like a great story. And long-distance relationships are difficult, so yeah. I'm glad that she's closer now to you. <laughs> there,
1: yeah, me too. <laughs> yes, yeah. I am. Yeah.
0: So let me back up just a little bit. Uh, you said you officially came out, kind of, in your 30s, right? And so, were you living still at home up until kind of that point, or were you on your own?
1: I was on my own. You were
0: on your own. I was,
1: um, hmm, how old would I have been in 85? So I started my business in 85. um, So I know I was here in this house when I actually came out. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah. So Good. I was not at home. Thank you. Yeah. 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 Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> so uh, you, you grew up Adventist, obviously mm-hmm. a conservative religion. I mean, almost everyone grows up somewhat conservatively, um, and then finding out that you weren't heterosexual, uh, how did you? How did you deal with that? I mean, was there a, a strife, a conflict, or did you fairly early on say, "Hey, it's okay."
1: Um. To be honest, I always felt that God loved me regardless, but I always felt it was the Adventist church that had an issue with me more than God. Mm -hmm. And so I never had the angst about God, not loving me. It was more about, you know, the church and the, you know, family that were church members and how they were going to deal with it more then between god and i i didn't have an issue um with feeling that god always loved me and and i never have so i i think i'm grateful for that that i haven't felt uh, an alienation yeah. between god and myself over who i am yeah. who he created me to be
0: that's very comforting that's that's mm-hmm. that's good yeah yeah so how did you hear about kinship then
1: when I was going to CUC, uh, WA, whatever, um, there was um, so that was back in the seventies. Okay. So um, kinship was just up and coming, mm-hmm. and I read something in one of the papers there. I don't know if it was um, at the college or anyway at Columbia Union College is where I heard about kinship. So I was always aware of it. I would, I think I became, I don't think I became a member right away because I had to go through growing, mm-hmm. uh, you know, so that I accepted myself. But once I did, I became a member like in the early 90s. Okay. But I, I didn't attend my first uh, kinship camp meeting until ninety. 90- 95 and then then I have not missed one since
0: wow 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 well let me ask uh just a follow-up question. taking one step back uh between the time that you heard about kinship and actually joined uh did you know other uh gay and lesbian adventists or did you kind of feel like you might be a unique uh creature
1: no I knew of some um uh, some that I, uh, who had gone to um, Highland View Academy,
0: mm-hmm. I
1: heard were, and I, I, I knew of them, but they. I don't know how close uh, friendships there were at CUC at the time, and then in some of the years going forward, I, I really didn't have a close. Um, connection with other Adventist gay people I did later on with uh, you know just other gay people but not Adventist
0: right 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 okay okay so yeah then tell me about this first camp meeting that you went to uh, <laughs> I, want, I want our listeners our viewers to to hear your experience there
1: uh, so I didn't know a soul and it was happening in uh, Manuka in Oregon mm-hmm. back in. Remember 95. what year
0: that was? Ninety-five.
1: Ninety-five. Okay. Mm-hmm. Was my first camp meeting. Okay. And um, so I just remember feeling such a need for connection um, to other people like myself mm-hmm. because I I didn't have the um, you know, the spirituality mixing with the uh, sexuality because I didn't know any other gay Adventists and I I really wanted to meet some. Mm -hmm. So I got on that plane and I flew out and um, um, John Wheeland and Sherry Babcock picked me up at the airport. In Portland. In Portland.
0: Yeah.
1: And it was like, they just were so welcoming, but when I got to Manuka, um, one of the, uh, meetings were just letting out for lunch, and I got scooped up by mama and Jesse, and, um, they just took me right into lunch first, like I was royalty or something, Mm -hmm. and it just felt like, I arrived at home it just felt like home and not knowing anybody it didn't matter because you were all part of the same big wonderful family of all those folks that were there wow Wow. and that and that week I really uh enjoyed it so much meeting everybody Mm -hmm. um it it was an amazing experience and I think that's that first experience of camp meeting is what has kept me going back every year.
0: Wow, wow, yeah. Do you do you feel that that same feeling ever, ever at camp meeting since then?
1: Right, because sometimes um, some of the people that you meet there every year—that's the only time you get to see them, because mm-hmm. people come from all across the U.S., uh, sure. Canada, yeah. sometimes Europe and other countries. Um, so sometimes that's the only time I get to see those people in person. Wow. So it's like a family reunion yeah. every time. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Do you remember- The only family
1: any... you wanna be with.
0: The, the, the chosen family, yes, <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Do you remember any of the speakers that first year or, or themes that were talked about or anything?
1: Um, who was there? Not off the top of my head. Okay,
0: putting you on the you spot. You know how it
1: is when you get older.
0: <laughs> we won't talk about that. <laughs> so, so yeah, at that first camp meeting, did it seems like they they put you in a leadership position right away, or at least almost right away?
1: Pretty close. Yeah. Well, um, I think the first thing they did was ask if I would. Um, sort of lead out in the region here in region two, so Washington, uh, Maryland, Virginia, and surrounding right. states, and so I, I did that, and I enjoyed it, and we got quite a group going here, I'm, I'm still in leadership, but I have a lot of help, so other people um, have stepped up to help keep our vespers going, and we have a springtime a mini-camp meeting in Rehoboth every spring, except COVID, but we're planning on getting back there this spring. Okay. Um, so, yeah, the, we've had pool parties. Um, while uh, the when we had a camp meeting, virtually, mm-hmm. we actually set up a big television out here by the pool, and we, and all the region members that could uh-huh. Ended up uh coming and um watching from here, so it was nice.
0: Nice, yeah, yeah. There's something about meeting in person that you're missing when it's on on the screen like this. I mean, this is nice, you get to see people, but it's not the same as actually being in that space with someone else.
1: Exactly. So, so yeah,
0: so region two is is where you're at. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? Yeah, yes, and um yeah, that's always been one of the more active regions, at least in, in the past decades now, where you've been leader, leading out in there. So what is what would you say is the uh, the key to success or or to get a, a region active and, and doing things?
1: I think the biggest um, uh, positive for this particular group is that there are so many people concentrated in the Maryland DC uh, Virginia area, mm-hmm. uh, gay Adventists. Mm-hmm. So, um, some have worked at the GC over the years, Ooh. you know, I, I I, I, no, I'm talking years ago.
0: <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm, I'm being <laughs> so... You know,
1: um, so, I have no idea who's working there now. Okay. Uh, but, Um, you know, so this area has a higher concentration of gay Adventists just because of where we're located.
0: Right.
1: Um, and so that means, um, that means that we, we, we have an easier time.
0: So what you're saying there, kind of a segue to my next question, you're in the shadow of the general conference (laughs) and also the North American division isn't far away. Is that correct?
1: That is correct.
0: Two major offices right close by. And uh, how is that? Do you feel like, you know, they're watching you?
1: It's wonderful. Actually, uh, over the years, I think they ignore us. So you know what we did one time? Some odd years ago, they have uh, the uh, Adopt-A-Highway program. Mm -hmm. So as a region, I applied to adopt the highway right next to the General Conference on 29. Wow. And of course, whatever length of road you do, they put up signs. huh. So there was the SBA Kinship International <laughs> sign. Um, <laughs> that we were the people doing the adopt a highway right in front of the general conference. And I think they couldn't ignore us then.
0: Wow, wow, no, that that sign was right there. <laughs> uh, I'm sure Ted was quite happy about that.
1: Nah. I don't think he was there then, but- Oh,
0: that was, okay, his, one of his predecessors. Yeah, yeah. okay, okay. Uh, so what does it mean, uh, adopt a highway? What all is that, uh, what do you do?
1: They, they want you to pick up garbage along the highway to keep it clean, um, like every quarter. So Uh a couple of times, three, four times a year. And so we used to do that. We get a group together and we'd, um, one of the guys in our uh, region had a pickup truck. So we got all these, you know, filled up all these bags and threw it in the back of his truck and then um, we pile it all in a pile. And then the highway department comes and picks up all the garbage bags.
0: Ah, okay. Okay. But, uh, so it's, a, it's a, like a team building almost. Yeah. yeah.
1: And yeah. it's helping the environment and it's uh, reminding the lovely general conference that we are around.
0: Yeah. Any chance of, of doing that again in the future?
1: They did some um, reconstruction on the road there. So I would have to check and see if they would let us do it again there because they made it sort of a faster highway uh, but, uh, okay, okay but i can check and see any I billboards close fun. to the
0: gc that we could maybe you know buy for a for a period <laughs> of time
1: maybe i'll <laughs> check on that
0: so all ideas ideas what other things does region two do um uh, usually annually when it's not a pandemic um,
1: yeah. um we do like a holiday party Mm -hmm. um sometimes we've tried to go to like a christmas concert at sligo in the past we've done Mm -hmm. that um we used to do a um we used to do a dress-up thing like near valentine's day where couples are singles it doesn't really matter though some of the singles kind of didn't i don't know it wasn't as comfortable, I guess, sure, sure. but really we're all one big group. It doesn't really matter. So we all get dressed up and we'd rent out a room at, um, what is it? Maggiano's little Italy. Mm. And we'd have like a banquet for ourselves. And that used to be a lot of fun too. Wow. Great. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah. How about uh, pride parades? Have y'all done yeah. any of those?
1: Um, we've been doing the DC pride parade for and I can't even remember but I wouldn't be surprised it was 20 years by now okay uh, in one in New York one time and one in Baltimore but mostly DC
0: okay okay yeah. okay great great wow and, so it's- and-
1: it's funny because every every single time we've done the Pride parade somebody's come up and and said they couldn't believe that you know they're gay adventists. I should say were you raised Adventist? Yes. Well, you know, <laughs> exactly. If, if there's you there's us. So <laughs> yes. and then we point them to kinship of course.
0: Cool, cool. Yeah, that's a big thing. None of us are alone. We all grow up thinking we might be the only one, but then right. others and there's a whole large, huge community out there of us. So that's that's great. Uh, do you have a, a, any local churches that are affirming or welcoming that members could feel comfortable going to?
1: Well, um, uh, New Hope in Fulton is okay. a church that has um, accepted us. Uh, we meet for Vesper, pre-pandemic, uh, we always met at the church for our monthly vespers. Wow. We've yeah. even held a kinship board meeting or two there. Um, they've allowed us to use some space there. Mm. So um, uh, several are in um, position with helping with the um, kids' church. Some of us are greeters, or at the ask me desk, or other um, positions at the church, and they're they know who we are. Yeah. So you can be
0: out and open, openly. I mean,
1: with, with the um, administrators and the um, the pastors, yes. Mm-hmm. Nobody has been um, in any way negative towards us they've been very welcoming
0: wow that that is awesome that is awesome yeah are there any other churches in the area that you can think of that might be welcoming as well
1: um kind of depends on the pastoral staff
0: and that could change yeah
1: and i haven't been to many other churches since i found new hope so i'm not sure really Right,
0: right right in the
1: area of course when i was uh at Sligo, I actually, now that I think about it, I called, uh, somebody told me I should call the Sligo office to find out about kinship. Mm -hmm. And one of the pastors there pointed me in the right direction in how to get in touch. And I was like flabbergasted, but not all of the pastors there at the time were that, um, you know, positive towards kinship, but, Mm -hmm. uh, the person I talked to was very and helped me help guide me in the right direction.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Somebody was looking out for you there.
1: Yes.
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely. Well, you've, you've been in several leadership positions with SDA kinship
1: mm-hmm. and
0: most recently you were the president for how many years?
1: Uh, 10 or so.
0: Okay. 11? A long,
1: a long time. I don't really know.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's time. <laughs> well, good. Good. And and you're still on the board, though. Isn't yes. Correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Still having your fingers in the organization. And it sounds like you really do like kinship and, uh,
1: and being part
0: of it, making a difference for other people.
1: I definitely uh, do.
0: Yeah. So what, what was in, in, your, in your reign of, of leading in kinship in different positions? What do you find was the biggest challenge?
1: Um, The biggest challenge is is having our members be connected more closely to each other when some of our members live far, far away from other members. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say that in one regard, the pandemic has sort of been a blessing because and I say one regard, meaning um, it has helped us develop better ways to be connected to each other, mm-hmm. whether through Zoom or um, WebEx meetings, whatever. Um, when we can't meet face to face physically, we still can meet face to face like we are doing right now. Sure. And it makes a huge difference. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. So that
1: that's one of the challenges. Another challenge would be, um, it, it's easy to be in an organization who, um, who, who tries so hard to meet members' needs but to get some members to want to step up and and help with that themselves has been a bit of a challenge. I've heard over the years, well, how come this person is still in office? Um, Because you haven't stepped up, you know, if you wanna see a change in leadership or, do you have great ideas for programs or or projects? Bring them, you know, mm-hmm. at, or step up and lead those things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So getting getting more members involved is is a big challenge as well.
0: Yeah, yeah. Is, is kinship a quite diverse or is it pretty homogeneous uh, as far as membership?
1: It it's very diverse. Um, mm-hmm. It, I think, when it's an international organization, and you have m- members all around the world, um, of course, you know, kinship started in the United States, but it is an international organization. Mm-hmm. There are more and more people from uh, the Latin countries are growing by leaps and bounds. It's a wonderful thing. Uh, yeah. European. Um, Uh, kinship meetings are growing and um it's just a wonderful thing to see so many people from so many different areas come together Mm -hmm. and um it was my first year going over to the European kinship meeting in September Mm -hmm. and I just had a fantastic time um but to be able to still attend kinship I mean um European kinship meetings online through Zoom mm-hmm. is is helping keep the connection with those folks that I met face to face. Finally, finally after all these years. Yeah, so. yeah.
0: Good, good. Yeah. Uh, so, what if if one thing stuck out in your mind as perhaps the um, the proudest achievement or the best thing that happened to kinship in the past X years? Uh, does does any one thing stick out in your mind that you'd like to just mention?
1: Mm, there's so many things that I think kinship has tried to do. I think um, I think one of the things that I appreciate about kinship is how um, supportive the board is for, uh, towards uh, members in many different regions, trying to um, either start up their groups or uh, continue on. Mm -hmm. So if you, you know, if you have a group that hasn't been, um, you know, cultivated enough I think you can count on the board to come to the assistance and help get things going. If, if that means financially or, um, you know, advice or whatever, mm-hmm. I think the board is there and tries very hard to be supportive.
0: Awesome, awesome, yeah. So, yeah, so what are the what are the next steps for Yolanda?
1: Ah, uh, let's see. Well, I can't retire, so let me see. <laughs> um, truthfully, i I want to um, I want to be as supportive with kinship as I have been in the past, or more so. I've had a few rough years lately, um, you know, and with people getting sick in my family and passing away and things like that. But um, so. I have been not quite as energized as I had been, but I'm looking forward to um, offering whatever I have to give back to kinship, so that um, you know some other person who comes to their first camp meeting or whatever, and feels that um, love surround them from this community. I, I want that to go out to. I want to offer that to somebody else. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. Great. That same feeling that you felt when you were walked into the first yeah. camp meeting there. Yeah, yes. yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, is there anything that I haven't asked you or any uh, closing words of wisdom that you would like to share with, uh, with those
1: listening? Um, well, uh, I think uh, one thing I would hope our members would do is stay in contact with other kinship members and the organization as a whole, Mm -hmm. and let's be there for each other.
0: Great, great. Awesome, awesome. Good parting words, dear.
1: And Floyd, keep stirring the pot.
0: (laughs) I will do my best. I will do my best, and hopefully this... uh, podcast series uh, Kinship Connects uh, will help connect us and keep stirring the pot and helping people to know that their stories are unique, but they're also very much similar to other people's and that none of us live in a vacuum where we're all part of a a larger community. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So Yolanda, thanks for sharing with us today. Uh, We hope that today's podcast was interesting and has given our listeners some things to think about. Seventh-day Adventist Kinship International is the only LGBTQIA affirming community for current and former Adventists. We welcome not only the Rainbow Alphabet members, but also parents, family members who want to learn more about how to support their loved ones and supportive allies who stand with us to make a difference in our church and, and the world. You can check us out on the web at sdakinship.org or follow us on social media at SDA kinship. And if you have any questions or comments, you can always email me at infosdakinship.org. And we look forward to having you with us on the next podcast release. So thanks for being with us today, Yolanda.
1: You're welcome. And thank you for all you do, Floyd. Uh, you're very welcome. My pleasure. Okay.